welcome back aboard the great ship, the Space Show Show. <laughs> um, I am your host, uh, Ensign Rebecca Frost, joined by noted Space Show fan, Carrie Jackson. You are more than an Ensign, Rebecca Frost. I still need to graduate. I still need to graduate from Starfleet. And okay. we are also joined today by fellow Ensign Tony, who knows absolutely nothing. I've seen I one mean, episode. I mean, he knows a lot. <laughs> I've seen one episode of, of the original series, and that was that was enough for me. Which one was it? Yeah, Just which one? It was actually a good. It was the city on the edge of forever. Oh, we'll get that, to that one. That one was good, but you, you didn't watch Space Seed, which is the prequel to Wrath of Khan. No, no. Okay. Disappointing. No, next gen, next gen, and newer. That's that. That's it for me. Oh, oh. That's the thing is, I watch episodes of the, of the original series, and I'm like. I really need to go watch an episode of Next Gen to like cleanse my palate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but welcome <laughs> aboard the Space Show show. It's a show where I, a wee baby novice, sit and talk with an expert about a space show. And mm -hmm. this season we are talking about Star Trek, the original series. Uh, last episode, we talked about episodes one through five. Mm -hmm. This week, we are talking about episodes 6 through 10, which include Mud's Women, What Are Little Girls Made Of, Miri, Dagger of the Mind, and the Corbomite Maneuver. All right. Where, where do you want? Well, I guess we start with uh, the first one. Yeah, we'll go in some chronological order. All right. Mud's Women. Oh, I'll leave. I'll see you. <laughs> the only thing I know about Mud is the Ray and Wilson version, and I thought he was cool in Discovery. Was it Discovery? I, yeah. Yeah, I have been told that he shows up in Discovery, and my only question is why. I, Can, it was I, a sh it was a short trek in Discovery. I, I, I oh no, he did have no, an episode he, in Discovery, yeah, didn't he? A whole it, episode. And, and it wasn't that I thought he was cool. I thought he was interesting. I thought he was an interesting character. Well, the way that they tooled the character with Rain Wilson made it more interesting. This, Does he look the, like a guy who who goes to many Ren fairs? Because that's my first impression of <laughs> Mud in this episode. The uh, <laughs> the the actor that plays uh, Harry Mud in the original series is uh, I don't recall his name, but he is what we describe as hair suit. He chest hair up to his neck oh. and like and like a waterfall flowing over his collar. You know. Uh, yeah, to, I'll say it. It was too much. The description no. of this episode. The description of this episode. The Enterprise picks up an untrustworthy entrepreneur, Harry Mudd, accompanied by three beautiful women who immediately put a spell on all the male crew members. Mm -hmm. And you know, just another day on the Enterprise where a woo god, nobody can get anything done because of all their boners. <laughs> <laughs> Happens a lot in the original series. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. No. yeah. <laughs> This this episode kind of, I mean, even as a kid, it kind of bothered me, you know? I, I... Sounds like this episode harkens back to a time when men were men. Oh, yeah. This episode, this episode, so they're doing reading, like, computer, do readings or whatever. And one of the guys is like, hey, I'm getting nothing from the women, but I'm getting a whole lot of something from all the males on the ship. Their heartbeats are elevated, Jim. They seem to be sweating. There's also there's also another moment where Kirk is asking McCoy if he's um, re uh, examined Eve, one of the women, and, and these women these women are beautiful. I'll say it; they're beautiful. Their outfits are stunning. I wish I could wear these out like this out like I could wear this outfit today. Um, 
but Kirk is asking McCoy, did you examine Eve? And McCoy says, no, she refused. And Kirk has this reaction of like, come on. <laughs> Refuse? A man? You're a doctor. Well, you know, and, and he's in Starfleet, you know. It, yeah. He's used to people following orders. He's not used to civilians <laughs> being on the ship, okay? And the whole thing about these women is they're given like an a, a pill that makes them young and beautiful. And when the pill starts to wear off, they look like normal women. And we don't see, like that. See, what happens, Tony, <laughs> is when they take the pill, <laughs> then they put Vaseline on the camera lens mm -hmm. and they turn the lights on. And oh. when the pill wears off, they take the Vaseline off, they clean the camera lens. They take the makeup off the women too. <laughs> they take the makeup off of them and turn the lights down and say, don't smile. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> Look like a hideous crone. <laughs> and see. then the back half of this episode sh takes such a dramatic shift for me because mm -hmm. they go down to this planet and a man buys one of the women. And because. As you do. I just love love to watch a man pay for a woman and then treat her like garbage, you know? That and that's what happens. She what? makes him dinner and like cleans up and he's like, "I hate it. My cooking is way better." And mm. <laughs> and she like has it, opinions and stuff and he's uh, like, "My sex trafficked wife has too many opinions now uh, and she's ugly." Did you say <laughs> opinion <laughs> opinions? Yes, Harry Mudd, space pimp of the year 3000. Um, yeah, she had ideas too, good ideas yeah. that he resented, you know. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and essentially, she has. And, and he didn't. She... Apparently, he has no mirrors either because he ain't no great shakes no. either. All right? Oh, my yeah. God. And there's essentially a line towards the end where she's like, I can either be ugly and helpful or I can be hot and useless. What would you prefer? And no, he's, like, he's like, I guess. <laughs> I guess it is nice to have the dirt swept out of here every now and then. <laughs> rah, rah, rah. So, this show was so progressive for its time. Yeah. For the time, Tony. Uh, I got I to take a drink. Gotta, yeah. every, this is the drinking game with this, is every time I shout for the time. Every time. It's take, mm. All right. A bit of trivia no. about this episode. Yes. NBC program manager Jerry Stanley recalled that one of the problems we had was in trying to talk Gene Roddenberry out of some of his sexual fantasies that would come to life in the scripts. Some of the scenes he would describe were totally unacceptable. William Shatner noted that NBC allowed Mudd's women to be produced at all is still a minor miracle. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it is not kind to... Uh... It's not kind to women. This episode. I didn't, I didn't know Roddenberry was a horn dog. Oh, he was the worst. He he made. Uh, <laughs> he was the not, worst of the bunch. <laughs> this is not in any of the documentaries, but uh, he and Nichelle Nichols they had a thing until they didn't have a thing. Oh. Okay, and, mm. and it was because Gene was too busy having things with other people, mm. uh, not including his wife. Uh, yeah, he was he was horn dog of the year three thousand. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I know it's not the year 3000, you nerds. Anyway. <laughs> Star dates mean nothing. Say. They just throw out numbers and they exactly. expect you to keep track. Well, that's the way it was at first, anyway. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the nerds got involved. Yeah. Got retconned. Yeah, Tony, no, I don't know if you know this, but there are a bajillion pages of information about each individual Star Trek episode. Really? It's Everything. too much. 
everything it's too much. from from production to the, the first draft rewrites. of the script. First draft yeah. of the script was completed on this date. Second draft of the script was completed on this date. It's Holy insane. Cow. This is how nerdy we are about this stuff. <laughs> now, it, it, again, back to the actor who played Harry Mudd. Uh, a, a lot of people of a certain age, me, remember him also from a series of television commercials that he was in where he was a spokesperson for Noggles Mexican Food. And oh, it was a Noggles? fast food, Noggles, fast food place. And it was, you know, it was trying to be, you know, Taco Bell or Del Taco or one of those, but it was I actually good is the thing. Um, what are you implying about Taco yeah, Bell? Yeah, what are you saying about Taco Bell? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying Noggles was good. Anyway, mm. um, he was, and you saw the guy. Renfrew reject, yeah. Clearly not uh, a, a Mexican fellow. No! <laughs> was on the commercials as Senior Noggle. Oh, no. The, the proprietor, where the rest of us were going, no, that's Harry Mudd. You're not fooling us. Um, but he was Senior No, he sells Noggle. women. <laughs> not <laughs> no, tacos. You don't sell tacos. He sells women. He sells a different kind of taco. <laughs> different kind oh, of taco, oh. yeah. She beat me to the joke. Well done. But he would... Uh, he would he would do the commercials in like you know and he and he'd have his mustache grown out same mustache just grown out and twisted at the end you know, and he would say things like, uh, uh, you know I I was uh, just serving my food at at uh, at at this uh, fort a long long time ago and 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 everybody wanted all my food, Davy Crockett wanted them all, this Davy other guy, Crockett wanted my Mexican and, food and then he says believe me I remember the Alamo. What? <laughs> what? Did he have a sombrero? Please, please tell me he's he wearing a sombrero. Okay. And and they opened one in Spanish Fork, and my friend Brad and I would always go there because you could get a balloon with his face on it. <laughs> Worth the trip. Which we thought was hilarious. Anyway, all right. I'm just gonna do a quick Google search for Noggles Mexican food. Noggles, Senior Noggles. Uh, um, Santa Ana wanted all my tacos. Davy Crockett wanted all my tacos. Do not believe this. This did, is uh, true. Did he have the chest hair as well? <laughs> you think he can get rid of that? No. Right. That's my follow-up question: Is is that stuff real? Because it looked so fake. I don't think that people shaved their chests back then. <laughs> people shave their chests now. Right there, Tony. Right there. Carrie, Clean sharing it, it all with the class. <laughs> Clean it up. This um, should be a great time. This is a great time for me to tell you about Manscaped. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Listen, our, our sponsor, wholly, unre wholly unrelated. I've been living in yes. this house for over a year now, and every other month I'm getting a Manscaped box to the people who previously lived here. And mm. I have emailed Manscaped like three times saying, hey, thanks for the free butt wipes, but this man does not live here anymore. Please stop <laughs> charging him and sending this. Um, so you're not getting the electric razor part, just the refills and well, stuff? Well, I'm, I'm getting like the refill, yeah. And oh, then whatever okay. additional mm -hmm. like ball toner and butt wipe they want to send. <laughs> now, you might be hearing a noise. Um, that is the sound of my tears. Tim the tree guy is here oh. taking out... <gasps> Taking out my three-story no. blue spruce pine. Why? That got that got killed by bark beetles. Oh, oh and no! It, and it's a giant fire hazard there, so he had to he had to trim it all down, and now he's taking the trunk. And it's you may even hear a thud at some point. Anyway, oh, that's oh, a shame. It's, oh, it's it's heartbreaking. That it's tree heartbreaking. was beautiful. Yeah. 
Anyway. Well, back to more <laughs> women being treated like objects. The next episode we're going to talk about is called What Are Little Girls Made Of? And I so wish they would have picked a different title for this episode. Uh-oh. The description, Nurse Chapel is reunited with her fiancé, but his new obsession leads him to make an android duplicate of Captain Kirk. So again, literally not even more than four episodes later, we're getting another two Kirks episode. <laughs> Can't have too much Kirk. That's That's... true. Twin twin Kirks, because we had them in the... Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, and it'll happen again. It'll happen again, trust me. Yeah, I believe believe it, but the fact that it happened so soon... uh, (laughs) You know, you'd think after the first time that they would have had some sort of protocol or, like, secret word, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You know, Spock come to him and say, Jim, next time, uh, you know... (laughs) I'm sure they (laughs) thought... There'll never be a next time. We don't need to worry about this again. We don't the need secret... We're never going to experience two Kirks again. Jim, the secret word is gargoyle. Say gargoyle to me. <laughs> gargoyle. I was just watching something recently where that was the secret word. What was Se- it? Sweet tooth. Sweet tooth. <laughs> yep, anyway. You're right. This show, one of the notes I took was, this show will never pass the Bechdel test, will it? No. No. <laughs> No. That's the funniest thing anyone said so far. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Um, and just uh, the the way Nurse Chapel is pining for her fiance. Sure, okay, I get it. I Did get I mention it. that I was engaged to a, to a person, and that we were deeply in love? Did I mention? Oh, for the sake of the story, I'm mentioning it now. <laughs> and then they introduce another woman. By the way, the boobies in this episode are out of control. I, I would call them eyes out. I would call them life changing, but that's, that's <laughs> they are poking eyeballs out. But this other woman gets introduced, and she's got the outfits in this episode. You guys, they're phenomenal. But she well, shows up, and I'm like, oh, good, another woman to harass. Now, but at least I, they have it, these it, wonderful it, outfits. As I recall, the guy who designed all of these uh, outfits, these women's outfits, is the same guy who designed um, the uh, the outfits for like season one of Next Gen. Because if ah, you notice, and that's a lot so funny because I love the fits in Next Gen. Because all of the all of the first uh, first or so season of Next Gen, you, when they go to those planets, they're awfully exposed. Remember that thing Riker was wearing? Riker's got that yep. deep V romper. Yep. It's Designed one of my by the same most guy. favorite outfits. <laughs> okay, this Designed makes sense. Designed by the same yeah. guy. Um. All right. The the the. Uh, yeah, yeah. The I really truly enjoyed in this episode the camera work the camera work in this episode was quite unique <laughs> compared to some of the other episodes uh why are you laughing carrie unique good i'm sure unique... it wasn't very good yeah, i thought it was phenomenal i was like wow oh, they're okay. making choices okay. i thought they are making choices and they're doing stuff differently like there's one shot that tracks kirk as he's walking into the elevator and it like goes around him uh it was there's some oh, good I remember stuff that now yeah. yeah okay it was there's it was some for, good for... stuff for low budget TV at the time, it was it was working. Now this is the one where most of it takes place in a cave, which is very inexpensive, because we have yep. the cave sets from everything that we use over and over and over. <laughs> caves are cheap. Bring yeah, in the caves. The, yeah, and there's a moment where Kirk rips us. Is it stalactite from the ceiling? And which one hold, hangs? Hang yeah, hanging down. Yeah, but he rips it off and holds it in such a way that is so explicit. I'm like, that is a dick. He is is. this. (laughs) I guarantee you, the guy who made that prop was like going, 
<laughs> totally you know what? Because I would too. Because <laughs> the, uh, the, the color, the color of anyway. Go ahead. Because it's nude. It's like uh-huh. flesh colored. Really. <sighs> this episode also features like ten minutes of Kirk spinning, because they put him on that device. Also, I love technology in this future mm-hmm. because it's so simple. It is. No, but barely any buttons. It's just you turn knobs and that's that's pretty and, much it. Yeah. And then Kirk and this um, Ken doll thing that will turn into Android Kirk. They sit and they spin on this thing for like a good 10 minutes. And then oh we get <laughs> second Kirk. <laughs> See, it's 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 just this round. It's like in your microwave, you know that round just thing. A that dice that they mm-hmm. Yeah, they just and, pop Kirk in the microwave real quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's a little wall between the two, so they they strap Kirk into one side, and then a a, a human shaped clay thing on the other mm-hmm. side, and you spin it really really fast, and it'll turn into Kirk. <laughs> Technology. It works. (laughs) A fun piece of trivia from this episode. It is the only original series episode to prominently feature Nurse Christine Chapel, who was played by, oh, Majel Barrett. I don't know if I said her name right. Majel. Majel. But she Mm -hmm. would later go on to play another role in Next Generation, where she plays uh, Deanna Troy's mom, the most irritating person in the whole wide world. (laughs) Yes, she is. Yep. Luxana Luxana Troy is awful. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that episode. Oh boy, do I love that episode! <laughs> now this one, uh, the uh, uh, the the big the big android um, was Ted Cassidy. Ted Cassidy from the Adams family, and he's lurching Lurch. around oh, in who, the cave. Who also <laughs> comes back as Luxana Troy's? Uh, what do you call it? Like, like her, guy. Um, her valet, her valet. Her valet yeah. yeah, yeah, same guy. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so there's Ted Cassidy running around in this silver thing, and he's got his head shaved, and boy, his makeup game is on point. He, he, he could have used a YouTube tutorial to help. He showed up, and I said, is... "We can't watch this episode in Tennessee." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, blending. Why? You need to blend because he had so much. He it was dragged. He looked like he was doing drag. Oh, okay. Kind of, yeah. Uh, kind of. I didn't, I he looked beautiful, honestly. I, I loved it, his big silver coat. <laughs> but he has such a great voice that uh, it mm-hmm. was good to hear him with speaking lines. You yeah, know? he almost never gets speaking lines. Exactly. Or got, I should say. But he had this nice, wonderful, deep voice. And he does some other character work, voice character work later in the series. Captain Kirk. You'll hear him. Uh, but it's a drinking game when you watch this episode. Take a drink every time... The character's name is Rock. Go figure. Uh, every time <laughs> Rock refers to the old ones. Yes, mm-hmm. it was the old ones who taught us. Uh, you know, it, it's really just not a good episode. Why is the laboratory that he's working at deep inside of the planet? I mean, like they, so did they ever explain that? There. Ah, no, I don't who think. knows? Who knows? Sometimes that. these episodes get to a point where I kind of just stop paying attention, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and you can because they'll explain things to you later. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of another episode that I kind of only paid attention to, okay. uh, Miri. The, Interspra- the Enterprise discovers a planet exactly like Earth, but the only inhabitants are children who contract a fatal disease upon entering puberty. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the episode I like to call Fuck Them Kids. Because. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the kids. These kids, um, 
I thought this was going to be a zombie episode. So they land on this planet, and it's one of the first of many alternative Earth planets where they just reuse sets from another show. And It's easy. The Paramount lot yep. back, you know, mm-hmm. back there. And I can't remember specifically what I read what show it was that they borrowed, like that they used these same exterior sets from. But uh, sometimes it's the Andy Griffith show. Sometimes I want to say it was the Andy Griffith show. Yeah, yeah. But they're in this. It looks almost like a bro- like 1960s Brooklyn, but it's zombie. Like I thought it was going to be zombies, and uh, really, well, it it's kind. Yeah, they kind do of. kind of become zombies. I mean, they're not living dead, but they're crazed, and they have you know facial scars. And it's really know. just a big metaphor for growing up, because essentially. Yeah. You know, you once these kids, the concept of this episode was very cool. The uh, execution of it, I I don't know if it's just because maybe mm-hmm. I just don't like kids or these kids in particular were so <laughs> annoying. Especially that one with the, the buck teeth who kept saying, bunk, bunk, who looked like a tiny caveman. Yeah, he'll be back. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? You'll you'll see him again. Because then there was the other one who was the leader who looked like I in in my notes I have this uh, Lord of the Flies and this one's Piggy because because he had the nose. The, yeah, uh, the guy in charge um, is uh, Michael J. Pollard, who went on to be quite a good actor and, and was. I looked I looked at his IMDb yeah. and he had gone on to do a ton of because he had he looks like a guy who is the, hey, what are you doing over here in every show you've ever seen? And yeah. he's he just looks like that Bi- He looks like Billy the Puppet from Pee Wee Herman. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But, but Michael J. Pollard, he, went, he I know he did a movie with, I want to say Paul Newman, called Big Hoss and Little Fallsy or Big Foss. Was and he Little Big Hossy? Hoss? I don't recall. But I remember <laughs> he, was, he was, there was a scene where he was sitting by a fire and he was concerned that, that people, there was a wolf or somebody just outside. He didn't want, he wanted to convince everybody he wasn't alone. And so he was having a conversation with himself as though there were other people there, you know, including Mm -hmm. the line, care for an orange, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) That's comedy, baby. (laughs) Hey, nailed it. (laughs) But, uh, and then the, the Miri is also, she went on to become a famous actress. She went on, oh my gosh, I, I didn't write it down, but she did go on to, star in a show i wish Mm -hmm. i could remember what it was um but she's quite she was actually good you know yeah those two the the rest of the kids sucked but those two (laughs) those kids ah. but the the concept i I thought it was an excellent concept where essentially the people of this planet were trying to um i don't know what their original plan was but they had essentially um created delayed aging um and it kills every adult because of uh the glandular something or other and the kids Science. <laughs> the kids <laughs> you know um they are also affected by this thing however in such a way that they're not affected until they hit puberty where their glands and hormones start to change but until then for every hundred years that passes they only age a month and oh, so wow. you have so, these kids who are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old mm-hmm. and idiots, you know, because yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're kids. Well, there, there are no adults around to teach them stuff, you know. There's no adults. They call they call adults grups, which, grups. you know, just grown-ups 
smooshed oh. together, which I thought was very clever. But otherwise, this was really just like a uh, take your child to work day because <laughs> there's one girl that Kirk holds. Let's see. The girl held by Kirk as, she ru- as he rushes to the lab with his newly recovered communicator is played by his daughter, Melanie. Oh, Uh, Leonard Nimoy was asked to allow his children to appear as extras, but Nimoy refused to let his children be involved in show business. However, his son, Adam, did grow up to be a television director, including a few episodes of Next Gen. Mm -hmm. And Um, is now married to Dax. Oh. Oh, Oh, no, wait. Adam Nimoy? No. Yeah, I think that's right. Or is it Roddenberry? One of them is married to Dax. Either a Roddenberry kid or a Nimoy kid. I think it's the Nimoy kid. Anyway, go ahead. This episode also features a line where Kirk tells Janice, I never get involved with older women, yeoman. And Grace Lee was older than William Shatner uh, when they filmed this. So, Because, see, that was the joke is that Mary kind of had a crush on Kirk, you know, of course. Oh gosh, and, uh, and there's a moment, there's a moment too, where Janice is like, I, cause they have seven days to like figure out a solution. Otherwise they're going to die on this planet. And mm-hmm. like five days has passed and everyone's getting stressed and infected. And Janice is like in tears and she's like, I'm so upset. And she's like, Captain, I used to try to make you get, look at my legs and now look at them. And they're like covered in scabbies and she's like <laughs> hiding them. <laughs> Just a truly bizarre line. Yeah. But, the, but, but, the, uh, the line, I never get involved with older women, is that's when they find out that Mary is, you know, hundreds years old. And that's when he says, mm-hmm. well, but you know she has a crush on you. I don't get involved with older women. <laughs> and then, like, he, they say, once they get, eventually solve the solve the mystery and get back on the ship, he makes another quip like that towards Janice. And Janice is just like, mm, oh, Kirk. And then roll credits, you know? <laughs> You're my superior officer, so I have to shut up and take it. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. But uh, yeah, it, this features my favorite William Shatner line in the classic series. And I have a bunch of them, but this one is absolutely <laughs> my favorite. It's because the kids, when the, when the grown-ups start talking and the kids get bored or, you know, irritated, they'll, they'll yell, blah, blah, blah. You know, mm-hmm. whenever somebody's talking too much, it's blah, blah, blah. Kirk grabs this kid and shakes him and goes, no more, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Kirk interacting with these children is exactly how I would interact with children. It's (laughs) not good. I'm like, Mm -hmm. shut up, every single one of you. (laughs) No more, blah, blah, blah. No more, blah, blah, blah. Where's my cell phone? I used to have that on my soundboard, but I couldn't find it. I'm sorry. I'm just going to play it for you. <laughs> the next episode I would like to talk about is called Dagger of the Mind, in which Kirk and psychiatrist Helen Noel are trapped on a maximum security penal colony that experiments with mind control, and Spock must use the Vulcan mind meld to find a way to save them. Is this uh, the this first is the... introduction? This is the first appearance oh. of the Vulcan mind meld. In fact, the final shooting draft of this script had Spock placing his hands on Van Gelder's abdomen while performing the mind meld. And according to the making of Star Trek, the mind meld was developed as an alternative to the script's use of hypnosis to stabilize Van Gelder. They did not want to inaccurately depict hypnosis as a medical technique, nor did they want to shoehorn into the script a pretext that Spock was qualified to act as a hypnotist in a medical capacity. And lastly, they did not want to risk accidentally hypnotizing viewers at home. (laughs) See, a real problem, guys. My stupid space show made sense sometimes. We are not taking that risk. Up until the end, yeah. Uh, This is a good reason, good reason, good reason. Really? (laughs) 
who, who gets hypnotized? <laughs> the uh, the main form of violence in this episode as well is uh, karate chop. Any any time. The, so the first, the, our first antagonist, air quotes, arrives in a, <laughs> in a box because uh, <laughs> they're doing like a, um, a cargo trade-off or something or other. And supplies. the Enterprise is dropping off some cargo. They're dropping off supplies that look like giant coffee cups. And now remember, this is a prison, it's, it's a prison slash sanitarium planet so the the the, uh the security is really high so you know they you have to go through certain procedures to beam down and beam back Mm -hmm. and this box comes back and they just kind of leave it alone but then a man crawls out of it and karate chops the engineer in the in the transporter room (laughs) and then just makes his way across the ship and is karate chopping his way to try to find the captain Mm -hmm. and you can always tell uh which characters are evil because they are so sweaty Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Crap, and I would be so evil. You would be screwed. <laughs> you... <laughs> totally now the, screwed. Now, the actor who plays uh, Van Gelder, the, uh, the, the, the crazy one, um, he, he'll be back. He'll, he'll, they reuse the actors all the time. Uh, but he'll be back. It's like when they cast, they said, we need someone who looks crazy 24 <laughs> 7. Get me, me that guy. Because, uh, I mean, he permanently has this kind of <gasps> face. Yeah. <you> know? <laughs> well, apparently this like role Jason also... Chasing <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> apparently this role also helped him stop being typecast in Westerns, because I guess he was doing a lot of Westerns, and mm. this role helped him get some other roles. And also, once they were done shooting this episode, he one of the bits of trivia was he went home to rest for four days. <laughs> Well, he earned it. He what? earned it. I mean, he was a mess. How do I mean, you know he, it was four days too. I mean, like, yeah, he four was, whole days. He was constantly like strapped down, strapped down, and struggling to get out of the straps, and mm-hmm. yelling and sweating. And of course, <laughs> Doctor McCoy, his answer to everything is a sedative. Anytime, yeah. just put him. Uh, I'll just here. Let me take care of that. <laughs> there you go. The four days of rest. He was sleeping off all the sedatives. <laughs> Set a give. Anyway. <laughs> this episode also has uh, Helen Noel, who is a brown-haired woman, who uh, sh- there's a moment in this episode where Kirk questions her, and she goes, I know my job. And she is, is, she's vocal in the fact that she's like, I am, what is her job? Uh, what, did, what is She's a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist, there's, yeah. She says... I know what I'm doing. Like she defends her role as a psychiatrist. And I thought that was really cool to see because I haven't seen that from any of the other women. Maybe it's because they're blonde, but because she has brown hair, she is like, no, <laughs> I smart. am smart. No, this tracks. <laughs> but then now, they have her climbing through vents and stuff and uh, mm-hmm. give the women mm-hmm. pants, please. Well, <laughs> well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, in a Say few it, Carrie, years. For, for the time. For Say the time. No. For the time. For the time. Take another drink. Um, now, the thing, and one of the things I liked about this episode was that uh, Helen Noel and Kirk apparently had a, a hookup. Had a thing. Oh. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I have a bit of trivia, and I'm okay. going to bring the room down. But I can't sweep this away. The part of Helen Noel was originally written for Janice. However, the producers wanted to avoid showing Kirk becoming involved with her. And Grace Lee Whitney was already on the verge of leaving the show due to personal problems on the set. 
Whitney mm-hmm. had been sexually assaulted by one of the show's executives at a rap party. Oh, jeez. And she believed she was pushed out for speaking up in protest of this. In any event, from a dramatic point of view, it made more sense for a trained psychotherapist rather than a yeoman to accompany Kirk to Tantalus Five Rehabilitation Colony. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there we go. I just got to hashtag justice for Janice. Because uh, gross. <laughs> This is because this is this has become uh, Tony. I don't know if you know this. This is well. We've only done two of these episodes, but this is <laughs> this is Rebecca's thing. Is that Janice Rand was done dirty and 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 needs she was to be done oh. so dirty. So Helen Noel, there's this great little scene while they're getting ready to go down to the planet, where she says, uh, "Hello there, Captain. Uh, I don't know if you remember me or not. Yes, yes, yes. I remember you. The Christmas party." No. Right, she <laughs> says that, and I'm like, you're telling me they have Christmas? <laughs> well, first of all, that was the first re- revelation. They still have Christmas? Okay. <laughs> but then, it, apparently, the two of them got a little uh, drunk and uh, went back to Kirk's uh, quarters. So, uh, yeah. Okay, Ruh-roh. now, is that the only mention of Christmas ever in uh, Star Trek? Cause no. I've seen a lot of Star Trek, and I don't remember any reference to Christmas post-next-gen. No, there's Unless... oh in uh, in next gen there's a, a well in generations there's a dream sequence with Picard where he is imagining an old fashioned English Christmas with his oh. wife and kids. Okay. Old fashioned English right. Christmas. The man is French. I know. He is the, the most English Frenchman. I don't know. <laughs> it, it was awfully English because it was Daddy, aren't you coming to have a porridge or some? <laughs> I can't remember. Anyway, um, but that also that also reminds me the episode what our little girls made of the the hot uh, the other hot brown haired woman Andrea she's an android but there's a moment where Kirk tries to seduce her and she an android is even like uh oh uh oh I'm short circuiting <laughs> and I am attracted to this human oh. it goes against my programming it's insane that's his mutant power that's right. right. Just, oh. uh, uh, but this is this was the uh, uh, there's this light fixture thing up on the ceiling that you stare into and and depending on again it looks not, like an arc reactor yeah how <laughs> how how fast it goes around will either calm you down or erase your mind you know oh, yeah. and you can like <laughs> add suggest you can add <laughs> suggestive thoughts as well so like when they're testing mm-hmm. it out on kirk helen is like now you're hungry and he comes out of it he's like oh after this i sure would like to find the kitchen and <laughs> blah 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 um but the last episode i want to talk about this week is called the corbomite maneuver uh, after the Enterprise is forced to destroy a dangerous marker buoy, a gigantic alien ship arrives to capture and condemn the crew as trespassers. This episode, I will say, I think is the first episode I actually really, really enjoyed. This is one that is often mentioned when they say good original series episodes. Oh. This one's usually in the top ten. Maybe I'll this watch one, it. it was a, I was watching it, and I was I was quipping back and forth with the TV. Um <laughs> <laughs> Spock is sassy in this episode. Sassy Spock? Yeah. Because we got a we have got a guy working on the bridge. His name is Bailey and he sucks. Um he there's a there there this cube there's a buoy in space. It looks just like a cube, like a big colorful cube and it's not letting them go around it. And <laughs> Bailey yells like it's coming right at us. And Spock goes, it's quite unnecessary to, to yell <laughs> because they, they are all nice. in the same room. Um, 
But yeah, he, Spock is super sassy in this episode. Bailey is super annoying in this episode, but he gets kind of a cool arc because McCoy and Kirk are talking about him and McCoy says, I think you promoted him too soon. And Kirk is like, I don't know, man. I, uh, whatever. Uh. And then <laughs> Shit later, happens. I don't know. <laughs> he, he gets a good ending in this episode, I think. Um, well, now, is this, is this the guy, because uh, I watched it like a month ago and I don't remember. Is this the guy that Kirk lectures about racism? Because oh, Bailey was Bailey was bitching about Spock, saying you know the you know this, the pointy eared or whatever. And oh, Kirk, I don't know. It it might have been this episode or one coming up. There. Kirk lays this line on him, and again for the time, mm-hmm. drink. This was a very progressive thing to say. He looks at Bailey or whoever it is and says, "Your bigotry has no place on the bridge, Mister. Keep it in your quarters." And oh, went, nice. Nice. There we go. Yeah, that's the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and guys, this is a safe space, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it. I've been thinking it up until now, and I'm going to say it now. I think Kirk is hot. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, young and William he, Shatner, he was, man. He's, yeah, chest shaved. Just shiny chest. You, huh? Shiny oh. chest. He's mm-hmm. in He's in the medical lab doing whatever exercises. Um <laughs> And then later... I just like watching him exercise. That's why <laughs> yeah, I that's bizarre, in. right? <laughs> and then, but to add to that, there's a scene where Kirk and McCoy um, are just sitting at a table, and Janice comes in. She's like, "You need to eat. Like it's time to eat." And she brings him a plate, and she brings him a salad. And Kirk looks at her with this look that says, "I've never hit a woman before, but I think <laughs> I just might." <laughs> And McCoy and McCoy says, yeah, your readings have shown like you've put on a couple of pounds and I wanted more than anything in this world for Kirk to yell, it's muscle. <laughs> I'm cultivating mass. Because he was <laughs> cultivating mass. Because Kirk was pissed. He thought that it was all uh, Yeoman Rand's doing uh-huh. for bringing the salad. He thought she was being just a passive aggressive woman. And he was a, he was about to let her have it. And then McCoy said, "Yeah, that's my fault." You know, like I said, I've never hit a woman before. But Janice, I swear to God, if you bring me another salad, <laughs> there better be some meat and cheese on that next and salad. Then later, later she brings him coffee because. Uh, during there's a standoff essentially where the big ship is like hey we are going to destroy you in 10 earth minutes figure it out and yeah. they're all just kind of antsy and sitting there and waiting and janice rolls in with a thing of coffee <laughs> like eh, just another day on the enterprise what in the world <laughs> oh and they and they have their little like blue solo cups that they drink yeah in. What? I loved the I loved how casual that is. You know, there's just like oh, we're sitting in a in a meeting and it's mm-hmm. like yeah, we all got our coffee. You know, <laughs> yeah. and um, it'll happen throughout the show. You know, throughout the seasons. Insane because you never see yeah. it in previous episodes. Like oh, Janice is now bringing Kirk food. Um, <laughs> but I also really loved Sulu in this episode. Sulu has been moved to the bridge instead of just an astrophysicist. And mm-hmm. there's a moment where Bailey again get this man off the bridge. He like Kirk is telling him to do stuff and he's just stunned and can't do anything. And so Sulu leans over and does it for him. Mm-hmm. And they have a countdown going too for this big ship to destroy them. <laughs> and Sulu. And I believe says that's something. Jack. I believe that that's uh, uh, Rock. You know, uh, Ted Cassidy. I think it's his voice. You now have oh, five sure, sure. minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Sulu has this line that's something along the lines of. 
if anybody cares, there's 30 seconds left. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone cares, we're going to die in 30 seconds. Like this, if anyone the, needs to know. <laughs> but the, uh, the, the title of the thing is the Corbomite Maneuver is essentially... Kirk figures out because, you know, Spock was talking about chess. And he goes, not chess, Mr. Spock, poker. Mm-hmm. And that's when he fakes, he, he sends a, a message to Starfleet, knowing that the aliens will hear it, saying, uh, we're going to have to uh, instigate the Corbomite device to destroy the ship. This will make this section of space uninhabitable for a thousand years or some crazy mm, thing. You know? it's, just a, it's just a big bluff. Mm-hmm. So as the countdown comes and comes and comes and goes past... Everybody realized, oh, the alien, we're playing poker. The, the alien the is alien. like, uh, your destruction has been delayed. Uh, please hold. <laughs> <laughs> and again, this this will happen again in a later episode. <laughs> and um, another thing I, I'm learning to love, well, not learning to love, I have loved this in a lot of shows, when um, everybody has to shake independently to demonstrate turbulence oh yeah do they not do it very and like in sync on this it, well they, it's fine but it's just <laughs> knowing that they are doing it independently it, it yeah. just makes it 10 times funnier <laughs> yeah. for me you'd think that the director would figure out okay if we're going to be doing this i'll yell right you lurch yeah. right <laughs> left you lurch left and you know, there's we're a not going to use the it, sound anyway it know? shows crew people like in a hall and it's like okay now go right and they all just like <laughs> fling themselves to the side <laughs> of the hallway <laughs> so then the big reveal of this episode again it's another child it's another kid uh, <laughs> but it's a little <laughs> alien it's a little alien and uh, tiny because they get on the transport because okay so the the big the big giant spaceship which is made up of ping pong balls by the way um <laughs> sends sense. off this little tiny vessel and they go One to beam aboard mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's more like four like four, four little ping pong balls clustered <laughs> together and they go to the transporter room to beam onto the ship and the engineer goes you might want to crouch it, it, we're, we're getting a lot of um smaller readings and yeah. The, the oh. very low ceilings in this uh, in this spaceship apparently so crouch oh, down Dios mio. I... <laughs> <laughs> you got someone so, at the door yeah yeah um it's, it's so, just your amazon don't worry about it well yeah. it's someone bringing my carpet cleaner back um oh. but uh the the guy says you might want to crash down i'm getting some cramped readings and so i wish i could find a screenshot of this because i tried to take one and paramount plus wouldn't let me but they yeah. all just kind of they all just kind of Crouch. Crouch down. <laughs> yeah. It's my well, life is get, what that is. I can't get on my knees. I'll never get up again. Uh, yeah, so, but this uh, so they this was the, the first episode to include pointed sideburns on all male crew members. Which oh. are Starfleet regulation. Which are my favorite. Uh-huh. Uh, and then also, um, the script instructed Leonard Nimoy to emote a fearful reaction upon his first sight of the big Balak. Um, but the director suggested that Nimoy ignore what the script called for and simply react with the single word, fascinating. Nice. Yeah, uh, Balak is the uh, is is a dummy. He's he's from the from the chest up. He looked like a horrible, scary alien, and that's what this little kid alien was using to freak people out. So he was playing poker too, because they you know it's, you now have ten minutes, and it's this you know scary looking alien. Um, but they beam over, and it's a little kid. The little kid is Clint Howard, Ron Howard's brother. Nuh-uh. Clint Howard, old crazy Howard. eye. 
He's oh, crazy eye. <laughs> look up Clint Howard. He still looks the same. He's got the messed up teeth. He's, uh-huh. he's just weird his, looking. His you know. teeth were he's, messed up. He, he is a weird looking dude. So they had him speak the lines, and then they had an actor dub over for yeah, him. It, it turned out really well because like it was very obvious that it was not his voice, but the dub mm-hmm. was actually like really well done. I was quite impressed. Captain, would you like to try some Tranya? It's delightful. I, I, just, I hope you get as much pleasure from it as I do or something like that. And it was like Tang or something. It was some sort of orange <laughs> yeah. beverage. But, Delicious. But, but, but this little child alien was getting drunk on it. <laughs> but like I said, this is, I think, the first episode that I've really, truly enjoyed. I mm-hmm. there, there was a lot happening in this episode. Um, compared to some of the previous ones that we've watched, and mm-hmm. oh, oh, and and Bailey, um, the thing, the thing that wraps up with Bailey is he uh, opts to stay with this Ron Howard brother child. He, yeah, he's he's sort of an exchange student because oh. the kid the kid wants to learn about humans, and um, I can't remember. I think Bailey says like, "Oh, I'm not like a perfect example of a human," but Kirk says, "But that's going to make it even better because then you can mm-hmm. learn. It's going to be a better experience uh, learning about humans." Plus, we got him off the bridge. Plus, Thank we got you. him yeah. off the bridge. There's we'll a moment. There's a moment where Kirk, where Kirk, I, I've been yelling at my TV the whole time. Get Bailey off the bridge. What is he doing here? And then Kirk does finally go. Bailey, get off my bridge, please. You are, mm-hmm. and then Bailey comes back later, a tail between his legs, like I'm sorry. Can I permission permission to resume? And Kirk's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but this was this was one of the first episodes, and it'll start to happen more often, where you're going to see the interaction between like Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, and and Scotty. Uh, where th- you can tell it's like the office where, you know, we're at work, but we can, you know, smirk and joke and, you know, little asides, things like that. And it- I've noticed that more between Kirk and McCoy, like they yeah. do have a very buddy, buddy friendship in every interaction mm-hmm. that they have. Mm-hmm. You're going to start to see more of it as the seasons go along. But uh, I, because I, I, it's hap- I'm in season two right now and I'm seeing a lot more of that. And I'm just every time it happens, I just I go, yes. This is this is what we need more of this, you know. Friends in space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was one of the things well, I liked about the Orville was I felt like they did mm-hmm. a really good job with that kind of thing in the Orville. Exactly. That's why I want to tell... rewatch. I want to rewatch the Orville now, having watched a bunch of Star mm-hmm. Trek. Well, so you can tell Seth MacFarlane is a Star Trek fan, and that's yep. the kind of thing we Star Trek fans just totally dig on is that yep. the little interactions, the human interactions between the characters. And, and I mean, Seth MacFarlane wanted to do Star Trek for Paramount. And they said, you're the fart joke guy. We're not going <laughs> to let... So he went off and he made his own Star Trek. And it's but really you know good. what? It's really good. And Lower Decks proves this as well. I want fart show Star Trek. I like fart show Star yes. Trek. Yes. Give me that. And and I'm sorry that some of the fans won't allow that to happen. I just don't understand why. I mean, I've always felt this way about the shows that I watch. You know, you... As a kid, you wanted to be Luke Skywalker, but at the same time, you could tell he was a little whiny bitch and make oh, fun of that. It's mm-hmm. the worst. Honestly. Same with this show: is you can have some humor and and laugh at this show that we love so much. I mean, you know, the the original series is just, I mean, it's 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 my bedrock that I built all my geekdom on practically, and. I'm I'm able to joke about it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> on, on lower decks, when they said Gorn wedding, I went oh. Brilliant. Just brilliant. <laughs> <You know. laughs> 
But yeah, I hope I hope more sassy Spock. I love sassy Spock. I oh, want yeah. more of it. You've got an episode coming up very soon where <laughs> Spock gets so sassy. Well, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to spoil it. Don't for spoil you, it. For oh, you, yeah. gosh. Oh, but I can't like wait a, for more sassy. I'll Spock. just give you. Here's a preview. Jim. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that, that was the preview. Just yeah, a so, casual. So, how, about, how about this? Why, why didn't you answer your communicator? I didn't want to. <laughs> love this. Love this. <laughs> oh, you'll love that. That's coming up. God, there was he had another line in this episode too. Oh, where Kirk is asking him a question and Spock says, Don't you find it a little um tedious to ask me these questions you already have the answer to? And <laughs> Kirk says something like, It's emotional security for me. <laughs> I just needed to hear it, you know. I, I just needed to hear it. <laughs> okay. It's like anytime anybody asks me if they should take a weed gummy before going to a movie, I'm gonna say yes every time. You're gonna like say yes. <laughs> it's funny that you ask me because you know my answer. Well, I just needed to hear it though. Yeah, yeah. Well, All that right. does it for this episode. Thank you, Carrie, for joining me. Thank you, Tony, oh. for joining. I hope you oh. had fun. Yeah, this was a very, I learned a lot. Very interesting about the old Star <laughs> Trek ways. Yes, thank and, you for having me. And I predict, Tony, that you're going to go and watch the Corbomite Maneuver. I think I will, actually. You should. You should. <laughs> I, I refuse well, to watch all of them, but I'll watch a few here and there. Yeah, you don't need to watch all of them. You don't. Uh, well, tune in next week where we will be discussing episodes 11 through 15 and we continue to go where no man has gone before but a lot of people have gone before <laughs> <laughs> thank you rebecca thank you